You ready? Yeah. Our vision is? Our vision is transform lives. Here today, I want to encourage you. You are part of our vision. God wants to use you and he wants to meet, use me to see lives transformed. And I want to be really honest with you as I begin this message that what I'm sharing is something I'm trying to grow in. I am not perfect at this. But something I've done in my heart is I've committed to try to grow, to be the best disciple maker and to be a soul winner as best as I can. And I just want to from the start say I'm, I'm growing in this too. But give me a wave. Who's willing to commit to grow with me? Amen. 2022 is the year of brilliant disciple makers. I love this theme. And there's three things a brilliant disciple maker does. A brilliant disciple maker wins souls, come alongside people, and raises leaders. And today we're going to talk about that we win souls. I want to ask you something here today. Have you ever wanted to tell somebody about Jesus, but felt intimidated and nervous? Give me a wave. I I have every time. And I was actually preparing this message about a week ago, and I I went into the office real early. I was praying up a storm. I I was praying into this message, and I feel like the Holy Spirit just laughed at me, and and he was like, I know I'm about to test this in you. And so I prayed. I prepped my message. I went on with my day. I then go to a coffee shop uh, in the afternoon because Melburnians drink coffee. And I went and I bought my coffee, and I'm sitting there waiting because I was meeting uh, a beautiful person from our church. And as I'm sitting there, I, I, I just wanted to sit there, right? Like, who knows that sometimes you just want to be left in peace. Like, oh, this is a nice moment. I got here early. And then I just see this woman in my, in my peripherals. And I just felt the tug of my heart say, I want you to go and talk with her. Oh, who knows that feeling? Once again, the heart starts racing. I'm nervous. I'm intimidated. I don't want to. I'm just like wrestling with God. But I just felt it so strong. And so I go over to her and I just literally, I'm, what I love about what I'm sharing today is I was normal. Everyone say normal. A soul winner is not a Bible basher with a megaphone at Mooloola Bar saying, you're going to hell. Like, no, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being a normal Christian who loves people. And so I just went and I simply introduced myself. Now I'm a pastor, I hope this encourages you. I was so nervous. If you feel nervous, you are normal. If you do not feel nervous, you should become the pastor and I'll leave. Like, that's impressive. And I was shaking, but I'm like, I just introduced myself. Hey, I'm Daniel. How are you? She, her name was Rosemary. She was about 65 years old. And within 60 seconds, she poured out her heart to me because I felt God on this conversation. I just got to talking about lockdown. Next minute, she is telling me online, she's telling me that um, I'm really struggling with anxiety since lockdown and I barely leave my house and I am depressed. I'm like, I just met you, woman. Like, what the heck? But she just poured her heart out and it was awkward. It was awkward. My friend just got there. He's looking at me like, who? What the heck? And so I leave, I leave the conversation politely and I just say, God bless you. It's nice to meet you. I then go to the counter and then I feel that tug of the Holy Spirit again. I want you to go pray for her. I'm like, oh, 
really like in a coffee shop and, and once again the heartbeat starts rising. I'm human just like we all are. And what I do is I decided to pay for her coffee. And I just went up to her one last time and said, oh, sorry, Rosemary. I just wanted you to know that I just paid for your coffee because I just want to bless you. And she, and she just looked me right in the eyes and I just really felt, I just wanted to share with you that Jesus Christ loves you and he wants to help you with your anxiety. Do you mind if I pray for you? And she was like, oh. <laughs> okay, like I love it. People never say no. Uh, and I just literally in the middle of the shopping, uh, in the cafe, I just, I, I just laid my hand on her shoulder. You have to discern that. And I just prayed for her really simply. That wasn't a joke, but all right, okay, that's funny. Yeah, discern it, okay. Uh, <laughs> and I prayed for her, and I just, it was simple. But I said, Lord Jesus, I just pray for this wonderful woman who I know you love, and I pray that you help her with anxiety. I pray you fill her with your love. So simple, not Christianese, in the name of Jesus, amen. And then I gave her an invite card to our church, and I said, I want you to come to our church. Here's my number, call me, and my wife and I will pray for your anxiety, and I, I wanna see you at church. And why I just wanted to share this story is just to let you know that all of us will find this nerve-wracking and a little bit intimidating. That is so normal. But I want to say this one thought, it's my key thought today, that if you are willing, God is willing to use you. In that moment, I was willing to be disrupted, even though I was reluctant. I was willing to be bold, even though I was scared. I was willing to be uncomfortable and pray for someone in a cafe, even though I didn't want to. But God chose to use me in that moment. If you are willing to be used by God, He is willing to use you to see souls saved. And I wanna uh, open our Bibles right now. I love the Great Commission. The Great Commission was Jesus' last word to all of us. And uh, we'll first turn to Matthew 28, uh, verse 18 to 20. And Jesus said this to all of us, therefore go. Everyone say go. go. Oh, I love that word. I'm an action man. Come on, go. Go into all the world uh, and make disciples of all na nations. And it goes on. And then we're going to turn to Mark 16. I love this. There's a different, a uh, little bit of a different twist as Jesus was saying this. He said to them, go. Everyone say go. go. Into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Jesus, did you notice that Jesus didn't say, some of you go and preach the gospel? Did you notice he didn't say, hey, if you're an evangelist, go and speak the gospel? Did you notice he didn't say, if this is comfortable for you and you're confident, go and... No, no, what he's saying is the Great Commission is for all believers. Every single person who will ever follow Jesus Christ comes under this beautiful Great Commission from him. And I want to talk about this today. It was for all of us. And I want to break this down practically that maybe it's not as challenging as we all think. When we hear the evangelist, Evangelism word. Some of us just want to instantly vomit from nerves. But I want to say a lot of it is just being a normal Christian. A disciple is a fully surrendered, fully immersed follower of Jesus Christ. And a brilliant disciple maker is a soul winner. If this is the case, how come so many believers actively are involved in seeing people come to Christ. But for some of us, we find this so challenging and scary and hard. I, another way of asking that question is what actually qualifies us to be a soul winner? And I would encourage us here today, it's not maybe not what you think. 
I want us to turn to one of my favorite verses in the Bible. This is actually the verse that Jesus gave me um, the day after we got asked to move to Melbourne, um, which was powerful. And it says this, it's, it's, it's the call of Isaiah, who's a man in the Old Testament. And at this time, he was nobody special. He was just a man. And he has this encounter with God. And it says from uh, verse 8, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Isn't this funny? We're hearing the Trinity have a conversation with themselves. <laughs> it's cool. Whom should we send as a messenger to this people? Oh, here's my middle age coming in. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Can I borrow someone's glasses? <laughs> I'm just being dramatic. Who will go for us? Who will go for us? And I love this. Isaiah says this simple statement. Here I am. Send me. What qualified Isaiah? See, there was a group of people on God's heart and he needed somebody to go for him. And he was looking for a man or a woman who would be willing. And it wasn't, what qualified Isaiah wasn't his gifting. It wasn't his talent. It wasn't his calling. It wasn't that he was something special. What was it? It was simply this. He was willing and available. This statement, here I am, in the Hebrew, it's henene. Not to be mixed with, watch me whip, watch me nay nay. <laughs> I feel like Dan Bowman and Josh should do a dance holding hands. <laughs> They've probably already done that, a bit weird. Hinane, what does it mean? It's an offer of complete availability, of total readiness to serve. When we utter Hinane, here I am. We make ourselves fully available to whatever it is God is asking of us, even without knowing what it might be. So what qualifies you and me to be a soul winner? It's willingness. And it's just willingness. Everything else the Lord will give us, but we need to be willing. If you are willing to be used by God, God is willing to use you to see people come to Christ. And out of your here I am, God will say, I choose you. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And you are called by God to see people come to Christ. And as it, come on, let's give God a hand. You are called by God. Come on, watching online, you are called by God. And just before, I want to break this down very practically. But what I love to do sometimes is just to slow down and ponder eternity. See, we all get so fixated, distracted, and focused on the temporal. All of us. I find it so hard. Life is so distracting and we get fixated on our 70 to 90 years. But we need to remind ourselves that eternity is forever. We need to live with an eternal perspective because every single person you and I will ever meet, every single person you and I will ever love, every person we ever work alongside, every human will one day face God and spend their eternity in heaven or in hell. And God's will is that none shall perish. None shall perish. We all have free will. So God isn't forcing us to follow Him. See, God's heart for people is, I don't want anyone to perish. I don't want anyone to go to that place. But we have that choice. And He can't force people, but He uses you and I. And this is my last verse before we get into it. Romans 10, 13 to 14. For everyone, this is the good news of the gospel, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
Amen? Jesus Christ is the one way to salvation and through forgiveness of sin. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go without being sent? This is the big idea here today, friends. God has called you and I to be a, a soul winner, to be in the Great Commission. He, is, he wants to send you into your workplace. He wants to send you to your family, to your friends, to your school, to your university. But He's not going to force you. And we have a decision. Are we going to be willing just like Isaiah was saying, Lord, I feel your burden for lost people. I feel your heart for people. Here I am, God. Send me. Here I am. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid. I'm nervous. I'm not confident. I'm not gifted. But Lord, here I am. I'm willing and I'm available. And if you say yes to that, you will find God will use you to see people come to Christ. Amen? If you're willing to be used by God. God is willing to use you. So let's get really practical. You might go, all right, yes, but how? How can I do that? And what I love about this, as I said earlier, it's not being crazy, it's being normal. I love this. So you ready? Turn the person next to you, you ready? Point number one is pray. Pray. Number one, we want to pray for God to use us. I remember once I was on a holiday and I was sitting on a balcony uh, somewhere, I can't remember, overlooking the ocean, and I was reading an autobiography of a man named Smith Wigglesworth. I love Smith Wigglesworth. He was crazy for Jesus, but he saw so many people come to Jesus Christ. And uh, I was reading the book and it shared that there was such an anointing on Smith to win people to Christ. He would literally walk past people, his shadow would touch them, and they would fall on their knees in the street weeping, repenting of their sin. I was like, what? I didn't know that was possible. How powerful. I was inspired. And so I sat there after reading that and I said, God, I want you to use me to see people come to Christ. It was a moment in my heart. I'm willing, God. I want that anointing. I want to make a difference for people who don't know you. And can I tell you guys, I prayed that prayer. And while I stood up, I heard a ding. Facebook Messenger. And I opened my Facebook Messenger, I kid you not, <clears throat> within one minute of praying that prayer, somebody I hadn't spoken to or seen in over five years reached out to me on Facebook and said, hey, Dan, I don't know if you remember me. I went to school with you about six years ago, and I've been watching you on social media. And I, I see that you go to this thing called church, and you talk about this man named Jesus. And I'm going through such a rough patch. Can I come to church with you this Sunday? Easiest invite ever. I was like, yes. And, uh, and so I, Ebony, oh no, I wasn't even married then. I went, um, we picked her up uh, with a friend and she came to church and gave her life to Christ that, that Sunday. I love it because if you want God to use you, if I want God to use me, we need to first pray for God to use us. God does nothing except in response to believing prayer, John Wesley said. And so for me, this looks like a segment in my quiet time. Every morning, I'm like, Lord, today I just give you permission to interrupt me, to, to use me, 
to, to see people come to Christ. And what we'll find together is as we just pray that simple prayer, and we're going to do it at the end of today, doors will start opening and God will bring people into your world. You will find that just start happening supernaturally because we prayed for it. Number two, a B, is we want to pray for specific people. Pray for specific people. I believe there is so much power in praying for people who do not know Jesus by name. We might be the only person praying for them, and we need to pray like that. As believers, I believe we will get to heaven one day, and we will realize we consistently underestimated the power of our prayers. Nothing happens, as we said, except through prayer. And I know that the most powerful thing we can do for our unsaved friends and family is to pray for them. That is the most powerful thing, hands down, by far, because we can't save people, Jesus saves people. And if you and I would get on our knees and pray for one person, for three people, for five, for 10, if we will get on our knees and pray, God is faithful to answer that prayer. Mark eleven twenty four. whatever you ask in prayer, if you believe it, it will be yours. I know people here who have prayed for their family members for decades. Pastor Kathy Clancy, her brother, Tony, uh, sorry, uh, Joanne Ford for her husband. Don't give up praying. And at your seat, guys, I won't go through it now, but I want everyone, please take this home. Out of this message, write down, who are you praying for? And what I love about this, it's a cheat sheet. You might go, what do I pray? You turn it over, and we've written there five things that you can pray for your unsafe friends and family. And as we pray, as we spend time doing this, you will find that people begin to have their hearts softened and ready for the gospel. So my question for you today is, who are you praying for? Who are your unsaved friends and family right now? Is it your barber, your barista? Queensland baristas need saving. Uh, (laughs) Dave Morris wants to punch me. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just joking. I love Queensland coffee. Are you praying for God to use you? And as we do this together, we will find God moves in our life. Amen? Number two, be Christ's ambassador. So we pray, we commit to pray, and then we want to be Christ's ambassador. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5.20 verse 21. I love this. It is a mind-blowing verse. Open your heart to hear this. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Everyone say ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. This is such a powerful thought. That word ambassador is, uh, comes from the Greek word prosubo. And what it was, it was when Caesar had somebody who would give speeches on their behalf. It was a representative and a mouthpiece. And I just want you to think about that, that Jesus Christ has called you to be his representative and his mouthpiece wherever you go. What a thought. And I want to break this down for us. Number one, what this looks like is living by example. Being Christ-like. Who remembers from the 90s? What would Jesus do? You remember the bands? You'd have that band and it's like, what would Jesus? We should bring that back, I reckon. This is what we're talking about here today. What would Jesus do in my workplace? What would Jesus do in this moment? And this is why I have found that people always are watching how we respond to life and how we behave. People are watching us. They notice there's something different about us. And they're seeing Christ in us uh, as we live our life. 
because life is meant to be lived from the inside out. Our Christianity is not about coming to church on a Sunday, giving a big tick, and then living away from God Monday to Saturday. Christianity is meant to deeply transform us from the inside out that then affects every area of our life. I remember for me, year 12 formal night, and who knows the culture at graduation nights are a bit bad, and everyone just drinks themselves to oblivion. I don't know why. It's like they just, anyway, they just lose all their memory cells from everything they just learned at school. But I, I was at my year 12 formal night, and there's this guy who was the coolest guy in our high school. He was the guy. You know that guy that every guy wanted to be like, every girl was in love with, and he was, I don't know the Christian way, who'd you say? Oh, as if. <laughs> yeah, we, it was not Dave Crowder. <clears throat> I love you, Dave. This guy used to pay me out consistently. He would roast me. He would pay me out because I wouldn't sleep with girls. He would pay me out because I didn't do drugs. I, I tried, you know, I was, in, I was in high school. I was trying to be cool. I was trying to find myself. And he would consistently bully me, put me down, put me in my place. And, and he just hated me basically in front of everyone. But that night he was off his face tipsy. And the truth comes out, right? And he, he pulled me into a room. He said, Dan, follow me. And I was like, I'm about to get stabbed. Uh, <laughs> let's go. And so I went in. I'm like, anyway. And I went into the room and he said, Dan, I want you to know something tonight. Out of all the boys, I want you to know I respect you the most. And I said, why, man? You've literally my whole life paid me out in front of everyone and called me this and that. And he said, because I noticed there's something different about you. You stand for your convictions and I respect that. <laughs> And what was happening there, he was observing my behavior and how I lived. And without telling me, he actually deep down respected me. People in your workplaces are watching you. And they really, on the inside, they're hoping you make it. They might pay you out. They might roast you. They might pretend they're not interested in Jesus. But deep down, they're hoping that you make it. Because we carry the Holy Spirit, and they're looking for the Holy Spirit. The world is desperately looking for joy, for peace, and hope. And you and I have it on the inside of us. So let's not hide it. Let's be that. Let's live it. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Let's live by example. And I would encourage you to see the same way when you come to church with a smile and you give a hug on the way in and you buy people coffee, we should be doing that in our workplaces. We should be loving people. We should be loving people. Number two uh, is be kind and generous. So to be Christ's ambassadors, we want to be kind and generous. I believe how we treat people matters so much more to God than we realize. I love this quote. Every day we share the gospel, but sometimes we use our words. We are representing Jesus. Most people will meet a Christian before they meet Jesus. We need to represent him well. And it is the goodness of God. It is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. So you and I, we need to love people. We need to be the kindest people in our workplaces. In the New Testament, Jesus is summarized in two words. The, uh, the writer says that he was a man full of compassion and unfailing love. 
I wonder if you and I ask the people in our workplace, our universities, our family members, would they say the same about us? Are we a person of unfailing love and compassion? See, our role is not to judge people, not to exclude people, not to argue with people. Our job from Jesus is to love people. Love people. Mother Teresa said, never worry about numbers. Help one person at a time and it always start with the person nearest to you. So what does this look like? It looks like you and I being the kindest people and the most generous in our workplaces. Let's shout people coffee. Let's be kind and encouraging. Let's invite them over for dinner and bless people. And as I just invite the band up, I want to finish with this. Number three, we've been praying. We've been Christ's ambassadors. And then there comes a time to go the bold. Go the bold. This is nerve-wracking for all of us. It's outside of our comfort zone, which is normal. But this is where there comes a moment where the Holy Spirit says, now. No one can argue with your testimony. I remember in lockdown, Eb and I had a neighbour, and this is in our previous home, and he, he was an alcoholic. He was, he was a little bit um, manic. He was quite an awful neighbour. I never know what we were going to get. He would drink himself from, from 8 a.m. in the morning all day long. And then as lockdown got worse, he got quite uh, suicidal. He would start hurting himself. He was in a very bad place. And it was uncomfortable. He's our neighbour. I, I, I would always talk to him. I'd be kind. I'd bless him. But I was scared of him, right? He was quite a, a full-on man. And one night he texted me and he said, Dan, I just need somebody right now. I just run a connect group. I did not want to go over to his house. I was tired. I was grumpy. I was nervous if I go once, he's going to bug me forever now. And I honestly was scared. I didn't know if he was going to hurt me. I, no jokes aside. And I went because I felt God say, go. See, there comes a time where we need to be bold. And I went in there and he poured his heart out to me. He shared how he's been trying to take his own life. He shared how he's just so depressed and anxious that he can't even function. And you know what I did? I asked the Holy Spirit, what the heck do I do here? I just shared my story. In three minutes or less, I just said, mate, can I just share with you? I once struggled with anxiety. I once struggled with depression. I once, I can relate to how you feel in some way, but can I tell you, friend, Jesus Christ saved my life and set me free. I shared my story. He began to weep and I prayed for him and he embraced me and he wept like a four-year-old child in my arms. And it was just the most beautiful moment because I have come to the conclusion that it would be selfish of me not to share with others what God has done in my life. We need to share our story. Our testimony has has power. And finally, we need to discern and invite. There just comes a moment where we've been praying, we've been Christ's ambassadors, and I've found we've got to use discernment, but there comes a moment where Jesus says, now's the time, go the bold, bring them to church. And I've found every time I've been obedient in that moment, no matter who they are, how hard their heart may seem, how far from God they might seem, when the Holy Spirit's on it, they say yes, and they come. Can we all stand to our feet here as we come to a close? I'm telling you, There is an anointing in this place to become a soul winner. I'd love us all to close our eyes as we finish. And I'm going to ask two questions. Number one, 
in a moment, not yet, if you are saying, God, here in my heart, this is not between you and me. It's not between you and the person next to you. It is between you and God. And if you want to tell him today, just like Isaiah, that here I am, God. I hear your heart that beats for broken people. I hear your heart that beats for people who are far from you. And I am willing, God, to be sent and used. And in a moment, if that's you, I'm going to get you to raise your hands to God. You're not telling me. Out of your heart, you're telling Him. And I just feel there'll be such an anointing that's going to come on you as you do that, as you be bold. And so right now in this place, if that is you, if you're hearing the burden and the heartbeat of Jesus Christ for people, and you are willing to say, Lord, here I am, send me. I'm scared, I'm afraid, but I'm going to be bold and I'm willing. If that's you, lift both your hands to God right now. Lift both your hands. Be bold, be brave online. Lift your hands to God. He sees you. Father, right now, I know you see every hand raised and I'm asking by the Holy Spirit, let your anointing come upon us to preach the gospel. Let your anointing come upon us, God. Lord, to be your ambassador, to pray for people. Lord, to go the bold. I declare in the name of Jesus that by I just impart boldness in Jesus' name. We do not fear man, we fear God. And today I pray, use us, Lord. Look at the heart of our church. Use us, God. Send us to the Sunshine Coast. Send us to Melbourne East. We are willing to pay the price for other people's eternities. And we prophesy together. Lord, we will see a thousand people come to Christ across a year. And it is raising until one day we will see a thousand people come to Christ in a single weekend and we are willing we are willing we are willing to be part of that net and right now lastly I want everyone with your eyes closed let's ask the Lord who's one person God who is the one person over these next three months that you just want me to zone in on and I have found in moments like this, friends, the Lord speaks quickly and powerfully you will start to see pictures of family members or work colleagues Thank you, Jesus. Speak to our hearts. Amen. Amen. You can grab your seats. I wanted to let you know, uh, over the next few months, guys, we have such great opportunities. That one person God just gave you. Can I tell you, we're about to launch a series called Help Me, I Am Blank. And we're going to be talking, it's in October, we're going to be talking about help me, I'm anxious. Help me, I'm stressed. Help me, I'm angry. I'm disappointed. This, this series we've designed completely for our unsafe friends and family. We also have Jeff Wilson, uh, the, the world record holder coming. And so I just want to encourage you, church, we're entering a soul winning season. And let's go the bold, pray and invite our friends. The guys, we've talked today, if you are willing to be used by God, He is willing to use you. Let's be people who commit ourselves to pray to commit ourselves to be Christ's ambassador and commit ourselves to go the bold. And together we will see heaven full and hell empty. And I just want to encourage you, if you don't normally come to night services, I have the privilege of sharing tonight and I'm going to be a little bit different tonight. I really feel, number one, if you are an evangelist and you feel a tug to be an evangelist, I just want to lay hands on you tonight and just uh, see the fire of God come on you. And we're actually going to have an altar. We're going to have an encounter moment. So if you don't normally come, I just want to encourage you, come. And if you know an evangelist, get them there. I love you, church. God bless you. I'm going to hand over to my great friend, Dave Crowder.